Hey, Jamie. What's going up? What's going on, Keithtronics? Sorry, I've, uh, have, have, it's been a long time since we recorded. It has been a long time. You're not used to being on uh, the radio, too. I'm so scared. Um, so scary. Yeah, the last time I we recorded, I looked it up was like March eighth. Uh, that was our first episode of this. Was our first episode of the season. So welcome to episode two. Yeah, I I opted to just get rid of season three entirely. So season three is one episode long, and this is the start of season four. Maybe we should do uh, that. But maybe we should do that. I think that's what we should do. Is is a long enough hiatus that this is season four now? Just a long, but yeah, just a lost episode of season three. Like yeah. Star Wars. Holiday I mean, special. I'll keep it up there. We're not deleting WebSocket. Yeah, I'm staying up for sure. But. For sure. So other things, man. Why? Why? Why such a delay? Anything happened in your world? I had a baby, and uh, she was a little bit premature. Uh, four and a half pounds, uh, baby girl, on the 26th of March. But yeah, Congrats, it's been man. just parenting. Uh, has kind of been getting in the way since then. Uh, from I wouldn't me say it's getting in the way. With, well, I mean, Chronic would say that though, <laughs> if it were personified, right? It would. That would be its thing. Is like there's this baby now, oh. and I, I was just put out to pasture. Oh, little baby, um, little baby Chronic would be jealous of the real baby. little baby Chronic. Yeah. So uh, things are okay though. She's had some struggles and. Uh, that we've been dealing with nothing like super serious because the premature it's basically um i don't even know if it's the premature thing Uh, i don't even think i've talked to you about this recently Mm. but she had like an undiagnosed tongue and lip tie that was just making it really hard for her to eat um and uh, yeah so we had to deal with that but it's like we didn't catch that until the six month mark so we've been really struggling to get her to like gain weight uh properly and just nursing has been a real struggle and she literally anatomically couldn't take a bottle she was literally tongue-tied like... yeah yeah so but you wouldn't know like it was it was actually the lip was more the problem than anything mm-hmm, else so mm-hmm. we've been dealing with that and we're a couple of weeks post surgery our operation whatever you want to call it for that and she's doing quite a bit better and we're seeing some progress so that's that's good got us hopeful but i've been sleep deprived for six months and uh dude i could imagine out i'm way less productive if i do not have enough sleep well yeah that's uh science science is, is, is yeah it is science when i was talking to somebody about this i'm like i think having really good sleep hygiene prior to having a, a baby rocked my world more than like you know, your average person who decides not to sleep enough, like willingly, they just stay up too late or whatever. I'm like, I intentionally got enough sleep so that I would like maximize my capabilities. And, you know, because I'm a nerd like that. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah, having a baby has jacked stuff up. It's like, I maybe get six hours a day if I'm lucky, but that's like not what my body wants. And the other day I got legitimately eight hours of sleep and I did like probably three times as much work. Uh, at work that day as i have done most other days just because of the the performance benefits of sleeping enough have you read um why we sleep the book why we sleep? i have not i haven't read it yet either but uh, i hear really good things um about that book so it's on my list but i haven't read it gotcha um yeah dude having babies uh you can't really prepare for that it's uh, yeah it's, uh, it's... I, I imagine like you're because I remember, I mean, my daughter's five, so it's not, not that long ago, but I remember like only going through like three or four months of that, like yours has to probably be uh, prolonged because of the complications and stuff. 
So yeah, because she wasn't gaining enough weight, we've had to consistently wake her up throughout the night to feed her to make sure she right. eats enough. So it's like we're in, we're in the situation where it's like she actually sleeps like a rock, uh, but we have to wake her up to make sure she gets enough food. Otherwise, she will like lose weight, and that's not what we want. So no, it's the opposite of what yeah. You it's want. it's been pretty annoying, but uh, it's looking like it's on the up and up so we're we're hopeful things are going all right and she's an awesome baby otherwise like there was actually part of the reason why this wasn't discovered for as long as it was is that she's just a really happy good baby like she's just always happy doesn't really cry um you better knock on some wood life but you better knock on some wood man um (laughs) that's cool man so the hence why we're recording now maybe is that yeah, things are getting better. Yeah. So that's that's why we're able to record as I'm feeling like I'm actually going to be capable of accomplishing things now again because legitimately I haven't done anything for Chronic in the last six months, really. Uh, you and I have paired a couple times in, in there and uh, to work through some things, and we can talk about what we were doing with that. Specifically on the like the Mac app side, I can I can talk to more than anything else. But besides that, it's like I haven't really done anything. I think the last commit to the Chronic Mac app was like four months ago, yeah. and that's uh, it's a little painful. That was back when I was on paternity leave, and I was like, "Oh, dude, paternity leave! Oh, I have I'm gonna get eight so weeks much. off. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much done." Is what I said to myself. I'm an idiot, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that is not how it works. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, I haven't really been doing that much either. I've been, um, I've actually been taking, like I took the summer off uh, for, from a lot of work. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't really, um, feeling the extra work. And I, and honestly with my client work, I was only, I'm only working like 12 days a month. So I took a lot of, a lot of time off, uh, family stuff, did some vacations, um, so I'm I'm been itching and ready to get back to it, and I have been over the past month or so. But um, we can talk about that as well. But yeah, I've uh, just kind of taken it easy over the summer, and now a depressing, uh, crappy winter is coming. So um, that's my that's my uh, productive time because I just stay inside and and uh, program. So. So looking forward to that. Um, On Chronic, I've been working a lot really on the UI side of things. Um, I did a bunch of Figma mockups and wireframes or whatever just to kind of play around with some different user interfaces and trying to make the the app more fun to use, less utilitarian. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've come up with, I don't know if I've talked about it previously, but um, came up with this idea really based off the the Spotify UI of like playing if you ever see the Spotify UI of of the playing of of a vi- of a of a of a song music where they video. yeah well sometimes they have the music video in the background which is really uh what I like so the music controls will be over the video the video will be playing in the background it's it's really not synced to the music they just kind of play the video in the background i think that's pretty neat and they do like a little gradient over the top of that so you can see the controls and the and the uh, album information on top of whatever the is underneath. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've been working on what that would look like in our, in our timer UI and went out and hired, tried to hire a contractor to work on, on the actual background implementation of, of, of ours. We have this idea of 
slowly fading in an image over time as the timer goes on and being uh, that being used as the progress of, of your timer. And uh, we have some different effects and stuff on how we can slowly fade in the image um, using like line art or slowly revealing the image in, in multiple different ways. So we went out and I looked for a contractor that I knew about uh, who's really good with uh, JavaScript side of things because that's how we feel it's going to be implemented. And um, met with them. I wrote up uh, actually a, a first pitch for application. If I don't know if you've read Basecamp's Shape Up. I have not read it yet. Yeah, That's free though, right? I can it's just free. go online and read yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's amazing in terms of like project management. And they had this idea of a pitch. So uh, any feature that goes into Basecamp uh, first gets written up as a pitch, like why you want it, why it's useful, what your appetite is for it. So instead of like estimating it, what are you willing to spend on it so that you can decide when the feature is over? You can always work on the feature again, but the feature that you work on huh. needs to be shippable within that given time frame. And they, they do two-week cycles and six-week cycles. Okay, yeah. I knew that they worked more on like time. Like they, they don't say like a specific set of features. It's like it's sort of whatever we build out by a certain date. Like as right. long as we build it in units that are cohesive, then we're, we should feel okay kind of shipping it. Yep. And then, um, yeah, that has to be shipped at the end of that. And that means like shipped, like if they're supporting like marketing feature, uh, marketing stuff that needs to happen with it or documentation or, or anything like that. It's just, it needs to be shipped. And if it's not shipped, uh, it immediately doesn't get shipped. Like that's the default. Like they don't say, oh, we'll, we'll add six more weeks or we'll add two more weeks. Uh, they just automatically pull the plug on it and then it needs to be re oh. repitched after that. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Because Wait, so do you, you have to repitch it and then do you, do they work off the same slate? Like they, they can work off their previous work or is it one of those things like, never mind, guys, we have to do this whole thing from scratch. No, they, um, they work off. They, I would imagine they work. They, I don't think they talk about that, but I would imagine they work off of their previous stuff. They also have this this thing called hill charts in Basecamp, which they use. And I really like this concept as well, but hill charts allow you to basically take, drag like a little dot up a hill, like a literal hill on the, on the, on the UI. And it's just, it's not based on how many tasks or how many tasks you completed or anything like that. It's just based on your feeling of how things are done. And the top of the oh, hill, okay. it means like all the unknowns are known like we it's all downhill from here right we know how to implement these things mm -hmm. we know how to you know interface with this api blah 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 and so if they're at the top of the hill and you know their six weeks is up they may extend it for like another week but if they're not at the top of the hill there's still some unknowns they just immediately say no this is this has gone on too far and they give some examples in the book of when they've done that um and it usually comes back to things weren't shaped up enough. So when they did the original pitch, um, there was some ambigu ambiguity about the feature or ambiguity. Yeah. Whatever that word is. Anyway, I wrote up our first one um, just for a contractor and uh, met with them. They were supposed to give me back some, some stuff. Uh, they haven't. So I, I think I'm going to move forward and just work on this feature ourselves, which is what I wanted to talk to you about is I would like to pair with you on that, at least in the beginning. So mm -hmm. we can kind of 
decide what that tech is that we use and how it's going to be implemented because it needs to work on multiple platforms, you know, Mac and Android, iOS, you know, all these, yep. all these different platforms. Uh, maybe even like the Alexa show, you know, so we have to think about these kind of obscure platforms where we don't have as much control over, over stuff. So, um, yeah, so most of my work has been updating the UI to handle these, uh, we're calling them active backgrounds or I'm calling, I don't know about we, but I'm calling it an active background. Um, that works for me. Yeah. And, uh, just so we name the feature and we can talk about it. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I've been working on is rearranging kind of the, um, how, how things are built, um, on the iOS side, slowly just, or mainly just concentrating on the, uh, mobile, uh, UI, not really the full blown Mac or, or web, web-based UI yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been working on the past couple months on and off on chronic. Yeah, it's that I think the designs that you made in Figma look really good. And I'm kind of excited just based on what we sort of through you going through and making the pitch for the active backgrounds feature, kind of us teasing out the reasonable implementation for it, because I was sort of overthinking it the first time we did it. I was like, dude, I don't think we're going to be able to do this because we have, you know, people can create timers of whatever length they want. So it's not like we can just you know, add a, vi- you know, ship one particular video with this thing and use it for all things or, right. or whatever. So yeah, I was really getting stuck in the, some, some technical weeds there that really didn't exist. It was just whatever my mind had locked onto at the moment. So just that pitch kind of helped uh, facilitate thinking through that and really understanding what was a good, good way of going about it. And a little bit of information you, you had gotten back from the contractor, sort of like, Oh, duh, that does kind of make sense. Yeah. The way the, you know, the, just the way he worded it made a lot more sense to me. Yep. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. I like going through that exercise as well. Cause it also like showed me how, like, like, why are we doing this feature? And is this truly something that we want to like invest in? I think it is because I think, um, that sort of like playfulness game aspects of a, of an application are really underrated. Um, especially in the like Pomodoro app space. Some of these apps are just plain ass ugly. Sure. They do the, the job, yeah, but they're not fun to use. And, and I think when you're like trying to get somebody to implement like a focused timed interval, uh, way of working, uh, getting somebody that wants to use the application instead of saying, Oh, I have to use this. Um, is it will will help facilitate that along it'll mm-hmm. it'll be worth it so and we've kind of attached the appetite of like one week to it of course it's one week of, of full-time work but um i, mm-hmm. I like that idea like that's that's how much i was willing to pay a contractor for so okay. um that I was kind of i think that's the appetite we should also shoot for okay so shoot for 40 hours of work yeah, yeah sure sure <laughs> why not <laughs> I probably we probably spent probably forty hours <laughs> total on it uh, whole year, so so we'll see what yeah, we can do. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it feels like at this point. Yeah. But yeah, so on the Mac side of things, I don't have as much to talk about because in terms of functionality, I haven't really added anything to it in quite some time. But we were in the we had a long stretch throughout the beginning of my paternity leave and kind of continuing on where we were trying to get 
the deployment of everything figured out. And th- this happened with the mobile app too. You actually put in a lot of work to oh, build yes. out a sort of continuous deployment chain uh, that involved a lot of different moving parts and was pretty complicated. And we paired on that to work through it a little bit. And if you want to talk about that, we can. Yeah, we can. Um, I totally forgot about that because, oh my God, that was uh, that was a lot of work, but I'm happy where we ended with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I basically did a mix of, we're using Expo, which is helps facilitate this a lot because you can you can build the uh, IPA, the thing that gets, needs to get deployed to the app store. You can build that on Expo servers, and you can get that IPA uh, locally. And then you can convert. We we have it set up using um, Fast Tools, which is an open source tooling around uh, building and deploying. Wait, Fastlane? Did they rename Fastlane, the project? Sorry, what did I say? You said fast tools? Fast lane. Whatever. Okay, so fast lane. Fast lane. I think dot tool is there. Dot tool is there. Oh, okay. That makes is sense. There, is there a TLD? But uh, yeah, so we can version it. We can we pull down our um, change log notes that are deployed with the repo. Uh, those get attached to uh, the what to test section in test flight. It gets uploaded to test flight and everybody gets notified. So anytime we merge into master, all of that kind of happens automatically. Um, so we can add testers and, and things like that in the future when we release our alpha and um, people will get uh, these update notifications in test flight. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty automatic. I wanted that wanted it that way so that we don't really need to worry about that in the future. But it was a pain in the ass to get set up. We're also using um, Mac Stadium to build these. Um, to do some of these, uh, some of the fast lane stuff needs to run on a Mac because uh, it needs to have Xcode and things like that. So um, this runs on a, um, a platform called Mac Stadium, and we are using GitLab. So we're using GitLab's uh, CI tools on Mac Stadium to kind of run this automatically. So I'm, I plan on doing uh, probably a blog post around all of this in the near future. So the others can, yeah, I mean, it could be good just to write down for your own sake yep. if you work on any more exactly. React Native projects in the future. Exactly. But yeah, it uh, it was definitely weird to get through originally because we ran into a bunch of bugs related to the fact that Fastlane is basically assuming that it's running on a Mac, right. but it will not fail if it's not running on a Mac. So we were trying to run it on the actual uh, on Linux, Linux nodes that were spun mm-hmm. up through GitLab CI, and we were getting completely undecipherable mm-hmm. errors. Right. Some and weird... because of error handling that they're doing internally. And then I, we ended up digging through the source and figuring out that they had like hard-coded paths to things on the Mac file system to, uh, to do things. And then we're swallowing errors when those files weren't. Yeah, actually there and it, yeah it was it was tough to debug but i'm glad we got through it yeah and then uh, the funny thing was we did a lot of that because uploading expo would give you the ipa and then it was up to you to kind of somehow get it onto test flight and then since since we created this there's uh, expo has tooling to upload your ipa right to the app stores now i haven't looked into that too much so i don't know if it's like the actual app store or if it's test flight or if you have your choice, but um, that may have saved us a little bit of of trouble. But um, I do like how we pull in the change log and everything like that, which is not built into Expo, obviously. So yeah, I I, I plan on writing this up just because we spent I don't know I'd probably say 20, 30 hours on on this. So we 
hopefully mm-hmm. save other people 20, 30 hours on, on doing this. Yeah, that'd be good. So you're talking about the Mac. Yeah. yeah. So on the Mac side of things, it's kind of related. We were only really concerned with the deployment side of things that I still haven't quite fixed. And a little bit of that is because I upgraded to Catalina and hosed my, uh, my entire install so that you have a clean install of Catalina and I haven't uh, gone and tried to export the application again, but we really ran into the fact that dude, Mac app tooling sucks. <laughs> it is rough, dude. Like, I don't know how like the app store ever became as popular as it is based on how Apple has designed their tools for developers. They're so God awful. Are you talking about like Xcode or are you talking about like... Yeah, I'm talking about like Xcode and the whole like, oh, you got to download the certificate and the provisioning profile. And I'm basically like iTunes Connect or whatever the heck they call it now is the most idiotic thing I've ever worked with. And I mean, I'm sure they're geniuses behind the scenes, figured things out. There's great reasons for these things. But like there's a ton of machinery that doesn't need to be exposed to the developers that are using these things. if it's just for the sake of apple getting some security around these things they can do them automatically and like we ran into an issue where i legitimately spent hours and hours trying to figure out why i couldn't create a specific type of cert inside of uh, itunes connect even though i had the permissions that the error message was telling me i needed in order to create this thing and then i talked to customer support and then they point me to some documentation that says i need to be the account holder yeah. And not an admin of the thing. And I'm like, well, then don't have the air message tell me I need to be a team admin because I am Yeah, like this. You just wasted a ton of my time because you guys couldn't like fix. I, and th- there's no way I'm the only person who's ever ran into this issue. So I, I did say like, hey, this is a bug. Like you should fix this when I was talking to customer support. And so they passed that on uh, as a, like a radar or whatever. But yeah, yeah, just things like that. And then the last time when we tried to export the application, just like building out the the bundle so I could hand Jamie a zip or whatever that had our dot app in, in it, we ran into the issue where, you know, it had uh, it wouldn't let me sign it because I had not signed all of the financial agreements, apparently. But we had mm-hmm. actually gone through and done all that. And so I haven't tried it on this Mac. And I'm curious if it was because I was still set up to be part of multiple teams that I shouldn't be part of yeah. on the previous install. So it might be resolved now, but it was just a completely weird error that we had no way of getting around. So I still don't know if we can export this thing. Plus working with, like, I can't imagine being part of a bigger team that has, like, if you have to work on a Mac app, uh, even or even iOS, like as a part of a bigger team and everybody needs to have these certs and you need to be able to sign them locally in order to develop. Like, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, man, to get all those. And the documentation sucks. They don't have any automated tooling to do this. And um, I, I'm and there's not much on the Internet to find this stuff out. So it's like people have obviously figured this out, but nobody's sharing like what they've done. And, uh, yeah, I agree that, 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 that was hours and hours of work of trying to figure out what the was happening or what we needed. I get to bust the bell back out. Bing. Bing. Um, but yeah, it's, it was pretty rough, but on a more positive note, since I did upgrade to Catalina, I now have access to Swift UI on the Mac, which I wanted to play with the entire summer, but I couldn't because it wasn't in the original GM for, or it wasn't in the original beta for Catalina. And at a certain point I screwed up my wife's Mac that I had installed Catalina on. So she made me revert it to uh, what Mojave or whatever. 
Yeah. Is it Mojave? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so I reverted back. So I wasn't able to play with that much during the summer. So uh, over the last couple of days, I've I've toyed around a little bit with that. And man, that is going to be awesome to not need storyboards for anything to be able to like declaratively specify things in uh, in code is going to be amazing with attributes so, instead of like long ass methods off of some yeah i mean it gets a little bit complicated uh, when you see because it's like the attributes it's all um order dependent is a thing because like it's declarative in the sense that like it goes through a pipeline of transforms basically to, to generate the view that you're working on. So there's like little learning curves uh, in there that I'm going to have to work through for sure. But I'm very excited to kind of move us over. And since this thing's probably not going to be shipped to the public for a little while, I'm probably safe to get us on Catalina as like the, the base for when we're actually going to be sending this out for people to install to like just require 1015 is probably going to be safe by the time we're ready to launch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that has me kind of excited. Cause if we weren't, then I'd be kind of screwed either way. Like I wouldn't be able to use Swift UI, but that's not my focus right now. I want to get this thing built and uh, have our, our automated deployments kind of, kind of rolling before I upgrade us to Swift five one or whatever and Swift UI. But that's sort of where I'm at now. Cool. 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 Yeah. So, uh, so your next your next idea or your next task is to get the deployment working, um, and then we I want to pair with you on the active background stuff. So that'll probably get us to our next yep. our next podcast. Um, one one thing that I'm excited about, like working, my my goal is to is to really have a lot of this done by the end of the year. Um, and I'm doing a, f- a few things to help that. One, I'm done with my last talk of the year. Um, that took up a lot of time. I, I, I worked on a workshop that I gave at a couple, couple conferences. And this was like a full-blown uh, React Native application with like an Elixir API, similar to what we're building with Chronic, but I had to build like a whole new application from scratch and, and come up with a workshop. And so that took hours and hours and hours. And um, and then I did some other talks as well. So I'm happy that the rest of my year is like done with talks and I'm only going to do a few, uh, I've only submitted to a few at the beginning of next year. So that'll help free up some time. And then the other thing I'm going to do is after Tuesday, um, I'm going to be off of all social media for the rest of the year. So oh, I'm really, I'm, I'm worried <laughs> my, uh, my addiction, uh, I'm starting to shake already, but, uh, t- dude, Twitter and Twitter and Instagram and all that bullshit take up like so much of my time. When I look at that stupid screen time every week and I see like an average of like two and a half hours a day on, on this, on the stuff, it's like, that's so much time that I could be using, uh, to be actually producing shit. So um, I'll probably still use Twitter just to like talk about chronic and talk about things I'm doing, but I'm not going to kind of like read Twitter like I like I do every day and uh, respond. How are you going to manage that? Are you going <laughs> to just have a write only version of things? So this is like just this uh, is do, a, do a micro blog setup. This is an app that I want to exist. This is another like don't start writing this, but I want a write only Twitter. I came up with this like I was going to call it toot. Um, just a write only version of Twitter that all you can do is write stuff out. And you, the only updates that you get are thing are are, um, actions that people took on stuff that you wrote. So if they liked it, or if they replied to something that you wrote, you could see that reply to them. 
But besides that, you're you're you don't see any of Twitter. So if somebody, if you want to build that with me after maybe Chronic, that would be a good idea. Well, I they they have things where technically this would be a Twitter client, I think. So like I don't know if they would allow it. There's there's a certain number of users you can have. They, they have really weird rules about Twitter clients now, but maybe not though, since it would be mostly right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think think that sounds like a good idea. If, do you have you ever followed Manton Reese? No. Mm-mm. Um. So I listened to the Core Intuition podcast, which is like a Max uh, development or iOS centric uh, podcast. But uh, Manton Reese is a guy who he's the guy who built TweetMarker. Remember oh, back when we used I, to use that? I, uh, I still use that. He's, he's that guy. I still use that over... Oh, does it still exist? Yeah, uh, TweetBot. You can either use iCloud or TweetMarker still to... And I, I, gotcha. I still think TweetMarker is more reliable. I've had issues with iCloud, but I don't know why. But. Yeah, no, I, that's what I thought for a long time too. But yeah, so he built TweetMarker. Uh, he doesn't use Twitter anymore. And he built uh, micro.blog as a Dude, thing I where just, it's basically like... A, I just signed up for that like literally yesterday. Gotcha. So he's the guy behind that. But this is basically what he was trying to solve is he he thinks you need to should own your content. And but sometimes you still want it to be on Twitter, basically, was what he was going for. And he kind of missed the old days of when Twitter was just like little chunks of things that could basically be micro blog posts. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the direction you would go, because it's all like that's a lot more uh, creation centric than it would necessarily be on the consumption end. So I think if you're going to be doing a social media fast, but you still want to have a presence on social media, which is good, I would think, as a consultant anyways, to to show that you exist in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like people find you in, in certain ways. Yeah, like that. but like I haven't like, dude, I've been on Twitter since like 2006. Um, I'm like the 40,000th user or something, maybe 20,000. I don't remember. But I've the number of followers that I've received from that has been stayed the same and it's like how valuable is this really to my day-to-day life like four people are going to see this when i post something you know what i mean because not everybody's going to see this yeah yeah I-, I question the value for me like if you have lots of followers and and all that stuff you can basically do anything and make money so mm-hmm. um but it those people that that do that got there through hard work and on Twitter and, and being yeah. valuable and being all that stuff. So that's why I still tend to write on Twitter, but replying and interacting with a lot of people, I just don't, I can have my, my time spent in much more valuable ways, uh, creating yeah, stuff definitely. and, and, and putting that out there is much more valuable than writing some stuff on, on Twitter. Yeah, no, and that's what I was saying. I was saying being able to author things on Twitter is going to be more valuable to you than actually reading other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think doing, being willing to write things, especially if it's you know about you working on a project uh, while you're working on that project with all the time you saved not being on Twitter, I think that's a huge net win. Yep. And maybe I'll follow suit. I'll, awesome. I'll do something similar to where I'm only going to tweet if I am adding some sort of value to people. Yeah. Maybe we'll go down that path, which I did. Like, did you see my thing the other day about uh, what did I have? Oh, I had like a little Git tip that I had posted yeah, that uh, I retweeted it came up and I think it was sweet. I was like, oh, I, did, I knew there was like this is something I've wanted forever is to be able to create like a template file in your repo that you can then change, but it never be tracked. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to figure that out. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird esoteric things inside of uh, 
get. And I guess I probably could have talked to Magnus and figured it out a long time ago, but <laughs> yeah, this, this works out, but we're getting to the end of our time here. And I had wanted to talk about conference talk stuff, but maybe we will have to do that as like a mini podcast episode or something some other time, because they're a little time sensitive because they're CFPs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm down to, we can talk about that and maybe throw that out on a, on a podcast as well. But yeah, I think we should wrap this with this one up. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, we're going to talk in two weeks because we're not going to give ourselves the opportunity to just cancel. If we haven't accomplished anything, we will find things to talk about or at least talk about why we haven't accomplished things. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good, man. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.